is. <laughs> I mean, we you just said that. Yeah, but that, oh, that was behind the scenes banter. Like, what do you mean by that? What do you want? Yeah. Banter. banter? About what? We, we did. Banter. What do you mean? Banter. Like, we can't. If you can't just tell us a banter, it's not natural. Though. Yeah, you can't tell us a banter. You can't. Yeah, you can't. Ben, Ben, you're off the rod squad. Congratulations, <laughs> I'm the new host. <laughs> do, no, do the intro. Do the intro. Uh, <laughs> I can't do the intro. Do it. I'm not Ben Flynn. I get my job back, suckers. <laughs> Welcome we'll to the, the Rod Squad, the internet's freshest Twilight Zone podcast, where six college students. No, it's Twilight. Kick Ben off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm letting. I'm we letting buried ben, him in the basement. We're letting Ben stay on as the new clown of Rockley. Let me choose some stuff. Use it to have the lick. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Raw Squad, the internet's freshest Twilight Zone podcast, where six college students take you through the cult classic hit TV show, The Twilight Zone. As always, I'm your host, Connor Buckley, joined by my co-hosts, Ben Flam, Connor Buckley, <laughs> Jamie, I'm gonna be Ashley today. <laughs> And I'll be Taz. And I'm Bonner Cuckley. <laughs> we have two Connors. No, he's Bonner. <laughs> Bonner Cuckley. Well, no, Corey, he's Connor. Oh, yeah. Corey <laughs> is not here this week because he decided to be Connor Buckley. <laughs> we should probably ensure for real. Worst for... decision of my life. I'm Ben. Connor. Corey. Kane. 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 I mean, I said it before. Oh, you. Mean... Oh. I'm Taps. I don't know, And we're here to Sounded have some so fun. <laughs> it is snowing, like, a lot. I, I was thinking of a good metaphor, but I couldn't come up with one that didn't use foul language. Uh, it's snowing. Dogs. It's snowing like the earth is moving away from the sun. Ooh. It's like Dodger's yeah. Dandruff or something. <laughs> yeah, it's better than the one I had before. That's true. That's so gross. Didn't they do that on the Amanda show one time? And like, oh, it's snowing. Oh, and then you see Drake no, and like, Josh going like this. No, that's that was from the Breakfast Club. No, 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 no! It was. It no, no, no! Because she did that. They, yeah, they she showed that like in the breakfast club. She did that in the like, breakfast club. Because she drew talking. the picture and then she used her dandruff okay. to make snow in the picture. That's, That's gross. That's so gross. I think they did that on the Amanda show. I'm gonna say they got that from the breakfast club. <laughs> what ripped off things we mentioned in the intro? <laughs> <laughs> I feel so like out of the circle. Like there's a circle, and, and then there's you. You're the tumor going on the circle. Oh, you're, you're the warrant that we're going to use liquid nitrogen to freeze off. <laughs> so, how was everyone's week? Did we have any cool Twilight Zony moments going on? Uh, I wasn't Ash- Oh, there we go. You only have lived with him for like three of these days, though. Oh, it's been yeah. like last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have only oh. been living together for three days. We broke our living with Ben Flam. We broke up. We broke up. For a week. Well, then they got back together because yeah, Corey like just likes to be spooked that much uh-huh. every night. Tastes like your chapstick. Hey, Ew. that's pretty kinky. Uh, Ash and I saw, uh, what was it called? The new Cloverfield. Cloverfield, Cloverfield Paradox. Paradox, which was god awful. I gave it like I a predicted four. It. it was a bad movie. movie. We're really gonna gross. see Isle of Dogs this weekend. Oh, lucky. We got, we got the tackets. Bork, bork. Wow, this is two snow days in a row that we're recording. That's pretty. That's pretty spooky. That is spooky. That's actually just good planning. Okay. But no, yeah, that's. Yeah. Anything else? I have a spooky story. Go for it. Okay. You always have a spooky story. 
Because I'm she just a spooky Because she's a librarian. Mm. Maybe. But it has nothing to do with the library this time. I went to go visit. But it wouldn't have happened if you weren't a librarian. True that. True that. So, <laughs> um, I went to my parents' house over winter break to eat food. Did you say spring break? Huh? Spring break? Yeah. Spring break? You said winter break. Oh, I'm just the it snow. That's fair. Yeah. So, spring break. That's what I meant. Um, I went over to my parents' house for spring break. And my parents were like, oh, the house is haunted, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. So, we have one bathroom, and it's upstairs. And you have to go, like, up this huge flight of stairs and go in the bathroom. But there was a there was a light on upstairs, but it wasn't the hallway light. And I'm walking up the steps, and then we have a third floor stairway. But you can, you can hear it, but you can't see it until you fully turn. And so, it sounds like someone's coming down the steps, but both my parents are downstairs. And it's, like, full on, like, this is, like, a 400-pound man just coming down the steps. And I'm like, oh god, like, you know, I could run to the bathroom and pee and like pull like a sixth sense moment, but instead I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna face it. And I warp over, I'm like waiting, I'm just staring, and it's my fat cat, handsome, <laughs> coming down the steps, and I just go, you're such a fatty. And then I went to the bathroom. You showed him. Yeah, I did. He just kind of meowed in protest. <laughs> it is time for the joke of the week. Oof. The segment that the viewers impatiently wait for the segment that makes you guys go wow Ben why aren't you in comedy full time I don't know really it makes me go oof this is a real moment of the week if we were a museum we would be an art museum cause we're old decrepit and nobody cares about us there you go <laughs> thank you that was on the spot I'm very funny <laughs> Speaking of old, decrepit, and not anyone caring about us, this oh. week we are watching the new exhibit, a season four That's not episode old, of the it's Twilight new. Zone. If it was, if it wasn't, well, but the guy it who was runs the old it, exhibit, it would be called the old exhibit. Yeah, but the guy who runs it is old, and nobody cares about him. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay. His wife did. His, His wife, wife did. cared for a while. She was only in the episode for. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. This is a season four episode, which Unfortunately. means you can watch it through Hulu. Uh, Netflix. Not no, Netflix. not Netflix. Stop trying to fill our viewers' ears with, or listeners' ears with lies. <laughs> Maybe. We only tell the truth here. Oh, on boy. On Amazon, uh, on the box set like we did. Or you can use illegal websites. illegal websites that I don't know about or condone. They are illegal. Don't do it. Yes. Uh, Crime is bad, kids. <laughs> this is... Episode 13 of season 4, so happy hunting. The original air date was April 4th, 1963. That's so, pretty close to today. Yeah, we had, we had, it's a it's a nice spring episode. <laughs> we should have checked what the weather was for that day in uh, Philadelphia. It's like the midnight sun right now. It, yeah, I guess it is like the end of the midnight sun. Yes, exactly. Anyway, I think we're ready to jump on in, so Rod, take us in. Martin Lombard Sinescu, a gentleman. The dedicated curator of Murder's Row in Ferguson's Wax Museum. He ponders the reasons why ordinary men are driven to commit mass murder. What Mr. Sinescu does not know is that the groundwork has already been laid for his own special kind of madness and torment, found only in the Twilight Zone. We open up this episode with Martin Sinescu, a employee at the Wax Museum. Uh, there is a tour going through his home turf in the museum Murderer's Row featuring uh, I guess it would be like greatest hitters instead of greatest hits 
Like uh, wow. Jack Super the Ripper, Smash. Albert Super. W. Hicks, who was a. Was he the Axeman? No, but he was he was pretty cool. A triple murderer and the last person executed for piracy. Ooh. Arr. Um, yeah. Uh, Henry Desire Landru, who was named Bluebeard, and he was a French serial killer. And then William Burke and William Hare, two uh, cool serial killers in Edinburgh, Scotland. So three serial killers and somebody who was trying to make a living for himself. Unfortunately for Martin, after his hit show where oh, he... Good. <laughs> Where he scares a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of sailors and kids away. His friend sailors. and boss, Mister Ferguson, tells him that due to a long-term decline in sales, they will be selling the House of Wax, Wax Museum. I think House of Wax is a horror movie. Yes, it is. Uh, Sounds like an album name. House of Wax, more like House, House of, of Snacks. Okay. Those House of Horrors match? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. You just did it. uh, A supermarket is taking over, which is actually ten times more useful than a stupid wax museum. Excuse you. You can eat wax if you really want to. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's too personal for this show. Have you ever watched the Simpsons episode where Homer gets like two wax crayons stuck up his nose? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's very funny. And it makes him really smart. Yeah, yeah. He's like Lisa's best friend. Uh, Spicy Spicy to probably one of the best episodes of The Simpsons. Hey, Flanders, heading for church? Well, I thought I could save you a little time. Ooh, found a new shortcut. Better. I was working on a flat tax proposal, and I accidentally proved there's no God. We'll just see about that. Uh Uh-oh. Well, maybe he made a mistake. Nope. It's airtight. Can't let this little doozy get out. Martin is not pleased by the selling of his friends, so he begs his boss and friend to take them to his place, where he will take care of them. Take care of them. Keep them cool. Can we just acknowledge that these wax figures are Martin's only friends? Well, he's got his wife. Ferguson was his friend. Yeah, Ferguson his was his friend. friend too. His best friend. His wife. They were homies. But he definitely refers to the three women under his nice. basement. His friends. I think he's one. Mr. Ferguson. Ooh. Martin's Ooh. wife, Ooh. that we mentioned previously, Emma, becomes increasingly frustrated by having a bunch of creepy murderers living in their basement. Her concerns include having to have a very expensive air conditioner running 24-7, and more importantly, the real concern a woman should have, where do I do the laundry? I'm keeping that in. Yeah, uh, that disclosure, the Rod Squad believes in equal opportunities for laundry. I mean, she was doing free laundry, and then all of a sudden he's yeah. like, well, the bill's through the roof, you gotta yeah. go pay for the go laundry now. <laughs> Yeah, how irresponsible. Your wife is already doing all your laundry for you, and now you're going to go make her pay for it? Emma voices her concerns to her brother, Dave. Dave. And uh, Dave advises her to uh, do something kind of nefarious. I love Dave. I think he's a special man. So we're going to let him speak his piece right now. Now, Emma, listen to your brother. Nobody's going to put money into a crazy scheme like that. Old Ferguson knew what he was doing all right when he sold out. 
He got Martin to take care of all those crazy dummies, and he's not even paying him for it. Pretty shrewd. We've got to do, we've got to get Martin away from those things. Does he have them all? Only a few. Well, how come? I mean, Ferguson had two or three hundred, didn't he? Well, these are special. Some man in Europe made them. Well, they could be so special if they didn't cost anything. They are to him. This is the first time anything has come between us. I hate those murderers. You come on. We're going to go talk to him right now. No. No, Dave, it, it wouldn't do any good. Okay. Then you talk to him. But here's what you do. Don't talk to him the way you have been. I mean, lay it right on the line. You tell him it's either those stupid dummies or you. Emma, late at night, while actually next to her husband in bed, which is an oddity in the Twilight Zone, we've seen at least bed, three or four episodes where they're sleeping apart. Uh-huh. I think there's, I think there's probably some sort of timeline behind this. Behind. Well, a lot of the episodes that we've watched, the couples that sleep separate usually have discourse between each other. Yeah. Like, there's right. kind of a disconnection. Well, there, you go. there was discourse between this couple, too. Not Just as, not, not, not as, as extreme. No, yeah, the other ones, it was, like, kind of a central thing that they Because what were the other episodes? I Am the Night, Color Me Black the, the was a big one. The other ones literally had two beds. Well, in Mute, did they have two beds in Mute, or were they They the never showed bed? the parents' bed. They only showed oh, the and in Long bed. Distance Call, did they have two beds or one? They had two. There was no discourse between them. I, I think yeah, it was just well, there was like kind of. That's an argu- uh, that's arguable. No, it depends when they came out too, because I know there was a time when like you weren't allowed to. Well, I'm the night color me black is season five. This is season four, so season yeah. that came after. But they did; those two had a strong distance yeah, against so. each other. So yeah. that makes sense. We'll get back to you once we uh, once we broaden our Twilight Zone universe. Um. <sighs> anyway, Emma sneaks out of bed very carefully. I don't know why she had to sneak. She just got up and been like, oh, I gotta go pee, Martin. I was waiting for her to say that. Like, I was yeah, waiting for like, her to wake up and her to be like, I gotta Martin, use the bathroom. Do you think bathroom. women, like, on TV said they had to... Was that, like... Was that unladylike for the 50s and 60s? Like, well, I think pee? it would just be, like, assumed. Like, if you're sleeping with someone yeah, and they yeah. got up, you're I not mean, gonna assume they're gonna to go pee, turn off. Tell them. No. Yeah, but if he woke up and he was like, where are you going? Oh, yeah, like if you To break your air conditioner. <laughs> Which is exactly what she does. Goes to try. She tries to shut off the air conditioner... But then the wax figure of Jack the Ripper rips her. Rips yeah. her a new one. Rip. He, he kills her. He stabs her. Slices her throat. The next morning, Martin comes down after yelling Emma like 20 times and discovers his wife dead with Jack's bloody knife. They actually used some pretty cool blood effects. I was surprised at how graphic this episode got for the 1960s. It's black and white. It's not. I, don't, I think there's a like level of... Well, for TV, Stop. though, because I've, I've always felt that TV is less graphic than film. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally Psycho, agree. Psycho did some pretty crazy stuff. They were the first movie to show a toilet flushing. That caused a big hubba blue. Oh, man. Uh, I want to... <laughs> this is... I just want to let Martin talk about his thought process post-finding his wife is dead, because it sheds a lot about his character and how much of a goddamn loon he is. <laughs> I hate to put you here, Emma, but what can I do? I know I should report it to the police, and I want to, but... Who would believe me if I told him that you were killed by Jack the Ripper? He starts, he starts burying his wife 
and just starts smoothing over the concrete in the basement. It's like, I'm so sorry I couldn't go to the police about this. It's very nonchalant where... It, he's like he doesn't care that his wife is dead. Yeah, it's, like, yeah I'm sorry. Like I couldn't go to the police because then they'll take me away. Who's gonna take care of the last victim? Because yeah. it's gotta be me. It leaves creepy and turns more into funny, but I'm okay with funny. It's like, I well, think it's I'm a, like off-putting. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little un, uh, unnerving. Uh, then we get the cheeriest gas man in the world coming in. This was a totally unnecessary scene. They, mm-hmm. This was just a pad timeout. Yeah, they don't accomplish anything. The gas guy comes in and he goes, "Wow, Mr. Martin, you sure do have some cool wax figures." And I, then he leaves. And Martin's I just think, like, "Yeah, I sure do." I think it's to show. And then he's also like, "Wow, you uh, so you had some cracks in your basement, smoothing it over." And he goes, yep. "No, yep. that's my dead wife." <laughs> <laughs> no, he goes like, "Yep." And then the gas guy leaves. It's totally unnecessary. I think it's to show like him losing his sanity because the guy's like, "Well, can I bring my wife over tomorrow? Because these things are pretty cool." And he was like, "No, no, 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 get out." Yeah, Tim. and that and that's when that and that's when he starts locking everything up. Yeah, he's getting because he puts all the he puts all the blinds down and then he locks the outside door. Too. Locks the outside door and then he locks the door into his basement from in his house. No, that's a separate scene. That, yeah, that's a little later. Well, no, it's actually right now. Yeah, yeah, because Dave comes over. And- Dave comes over, much to Martin's dis- dismay. Uh, Martin freaks out, says that you can't come through the basement. I have a lot of crap blocking the door. Isn't there a window on that door? Could Dave not no, just see? The blinds uh, the blind, yeah, yeah, he put all the blinds down. And that's why I have co-hosts. Welcome. Martin's like, yeah, Dave... Uh, your sister, Emma, she's out visiting my sister. Funny doing that. womanly stuff. And like the shopping. And Dave's just like, oh, did you guys get in a fight? And he's like, nope, shut up. No. <laughs> and then Dave's like, no, well, no, it's all settled now. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no. And then this whole. Where's Emma? She's in a better place. <laughs> and then the, uh... He's like letting him down like a child whose goldfish died when he was at summer camp. <laughs> and then the, he took a trip down the toilet. And he's just making excuse after excuse. It's like steamed hams, the the Simpsons episode. You really want me to splice it in? Yeah, because it's relevant. I was thinking it's relevant. the entire time. It's like, all right, here's what's in that basement? Why do you not have me? What? Why don't you want me to be in the basement? He's like, see, Tams, Aurora Borealis, <laughs> Aurora Borealis. Can I see it? No. 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 Oh, you gods! My wife is rude. <laughs> so here's more Simpsons. Well, Seymour, I made it, despite your directions. Steamed hams. Dave, Dave's all calm, cool, and or collected until he's like, what is that whirring noise I hear coming from the basement? I hear a hum. Perhaps that could not be the air conditioner, which we have previously discussed was off. I hated this. It wasn't off. It could be literally anything in this house. Or he could have been like, yeah, I sold them, but I'm still, the guy's coming over later today. Yeah, to get the air conditioner. Like, anything. Also, he was like, I was hot working in the basement. I turned it on, and Dave's like, what's your trick, you wise guy? (laughs) Like, why are you locking the door? He's just like, because I always lock the doors, buddy. So Dave Dave leaves, thinks he has a really good idea sneaking in the back entrance, going through the back door. Popping the window open with his little... Yeah, that was actually a really well-shot scene. I enjoyed it. And uh, when he's examining the area, the wax figure of Hicks strikes Dave with the axe. 
and instead of cracking open his skull, uh, the power of the axe was so great, he crumpled Dave, and Dave passed away. On Wikipedia, it says, Martin comes down later to find the carnage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, there's, like, blood splatters over um, Emma's grave, actually. Ooh, I didn't notice that. So now we have two graves, and uh, several weeks later, Ferguson comes by to tell Martin that he sold the wax figures to the wax museum in Brussels. Don't forget that Martin's sleeping in the basement. Oh, yeah, Martin has... Ah, They could have done so much more with this. It could have been, like, the sheer emptiness of a lonely bed could have driven him to insanity to sleep in the basement. Or he's just a lazy piece of dog fill. <laughs> it's just so he can work with them yeah. more, I think. Probably, uh, yeah. Martin's a little Martin's a little PO'd that he's giving up on wax uh, figurettes, or cleaning the wax figures. And he decides to go upstairs and make tea while Ferguson takes measurements to... <laughs> Order boxes. New clothes? Uh, new, new clothes. clothes. Steam hams. Steam hams. Uh, while he is making tea, uh, he makes a passing remark about Landrew's width. Width. Yeah, so he calls the one guy fat, and in response, uh, he gets strangled. I think this is the fairest death. You can't call somebody fat and then I think s- it's so dumb, though, because they were going to get nice clothes from this guy, mm-hmm. and, like, they were going to get seen again. Like, yeah, I'd be, I like, A-OK with... I don't, I don't understand their motives. They're just psychopaths. Yeah, movie. I mean... Well, it kind of well, hints like, at the end that it wasn't them. Why did Jack them. the Ripper kill, like, 20 prostitutes? I don't know. Well, there's just, different theories. Uh, well, probably because he had a very, very poor mother or someone who abused him as a child, and he just associated with that hate with any woman. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. probably was a prostitute. Guys. Because he targeted only prostitutes. Yeah. That's if you of, assume he is a man, though. He could also yeah, be a woman. There's a big theory, theory that was a woman. Jack yeah, there's a mm-hmm. theory that Jack the Ripper was a woman. I don't know. Uh, that's why it would have been insults. easier for her to, like, disappear. Yeah, yeah. Because they and prostitutes would have trusted her, too. Because the were description all... that they had was of a man. Like, leaving the scenes yeah. was yeah. of a man, so. It's still a big mystery. Uh, It'll never get solved. Last podcast on the left does a wonderful four-parter. If you're into very dark humor. If not, Wikipedia is your friend. BuzzFeed Unsolved is doing it, too. Really? Yeah, they did. Are they good? I don't I, really... I like them. I don't trust good. BuzzFeed as Buzz far Feed as I can Unsolved is good. They actually do, like, really good like, research and stuff yeah, like that. that's and cool. And they travel places sometimes. That's, that's really, really cool. Rad. I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin comes downstairs, and in a really cool scene, he drops the tea and it splatters everywhere. It looks really nice on the camera. Uh, according to Wikipedia, deeming this the last straw, Martin rebukes the figures and grabs a crowbar, planning to smash them. But just as he uh, goes through with his Ooh, devilish deeds, the uh, delightfully devilish <laughs> the wax figures get up and they attack Martin. Uh, I'm gonna just—we have our big twist, so let's just let this play out for itself. Oh, I cleaned your clothes. I bought your new ones. It was always the right temperature for you because I made it so for you. And who defended you? Who defended your deeds against the thousands who saw you? And when Mr. Ferguson sold the museum, who spoke up for you? Who wanted you? Me. I was the best friend you ever had. Now, what have you done for me? murdered Mr. Ferguson. He was the only, only man who was my friend. He was my best friend. You, the books are right. The books are right. You are 
So we end the episode with uh, a little, it's like a, it's almost like a Marvel thing, a post credit scene where they're at the new wax museum and the final wax killer is Martin himself. What would we, what would we, what would we say about that twist? Was that a nice twist? Kind of a bad twist, a good twist? Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was. I think it was interesting because like he was obviously like. Becoming like close to the figures by just uh, by virtue of being down there all the time, and obviously he had some sort of mental condition about it. But I think it's fitting that he eventually becomes one of the figures himself. So is it implied that he killed himself? No, he got no. caught. No, it would have been him killed himself because yeah. they all came. No one mentioned the three. I think I think just out of his grief, because if they caught him, they would have gotten a. They would have gotten like a an admission of guilt, and they said at the end, he said it's believed that he killed Emma, Dave, and Ferguson. So, ooh, all right, and with that, Rod, take us out of here. Jack the Ripper, the one murderer, was never caught, and now we come to a man who only recently became one of the most famous of all. Martin Lombard Senescu, a remarkable and certainly most versatile murderer. Who knows what thoughts went through his mind as he dug the graves for his wife, Emma, whom he killed with a knife, his wife's brother, David, whose skull was split with an axe, or his friend and employer, for 30 years, Ernest Ferguson. The new exhibit became very popular at Marchand's, but of all the figures, none was ever regarded with more dread than that of Martin Lombard Senescu. It was something about the eyes, people said. It's the look that one often gets after taking a quick walk through the Twilight Zone. And with that, it's time for general thoughts. Your thoughts... But generalized, I have a few few talking points I have. But first, we're going to kick it to a very special mini-interview we did while recording this with one of the smartest social workers I know in my life, my own mother, 
who uh, chimed in a little bit about how how we would uh, how we would diagnose this character. We have a Rod Squad question. We're in the middle okay. of recording. Say hey, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hey, everyone. Uh, is it all right? Is it all right if we use this little interview in part of the podcast? Are you cool with that? It depends on what you're asking me. <laughs> so we okay. have we have a character in one of the episodes who uh, who is thinks he's a bunch of serial killers and uh, murders some people. What is that dissociative identity disorder or schizophrenia? Wait, 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 wait. T- you, t- tell me who this character is again. He is a he is a middle-aged guy. He he just bought a bunch of wax sculptures of a bunch of serial killers and they're blaming them for the murder yeah, he's, of he's his... blaming them for the murder of his wife, brother-in-law and old boss, but it turns out at the end that he killed everyone and he was just hallucinating it was the serial killers. Well, so here's the thing. Number one, it, it, it's it's like criminal. Well, it's not criminal. It's 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 highly debatable in the field to diagnose someone without sitting down with them. So there's that whole argument going back and forth. Should you say Donald Trump has narcissistic personality disorder, or shouldn't you? And some clinicians say absolutely you can diagnose him and others say no you shouldn't dare do that so having said that I would not diagnose someone um, even though I might in the comfort of my own home but what I will tell you is hallucinations are not often a um, symptom of um, dissociative identity disorder in fact murdering is not a symptom of dissociative identity disorder, nor is that a symptom of psychosis or schizophrenic. However, if somebody is like hallucinating and hearing things or seeing things, that's often a um, symptom of some sort of psychotic disorder. Is that helpful? That's extremely helpful. Big shout out to my mom for chiming in. Really big help. Uh, hopefully we'll get more of her in the future if we have questions like this. Um... Another talking point. You said point. the word this really aggressively. This. <laughs> Another talking point I wanted to bring up is the, the, uh, what do we think about kind of like our society's obsession with serial killers? And, uh, I, I mean, there are definitely some people who, uh, what is, what is like a good, uh, verb for kink? Like, uh. Uh, fetishize, yeah. Especially Charles Manson comes mm-hmm. to mind. Uh, I think the that, ones who were seen as conventionally that, attractive. Oh, John Wayne Gacy got some love. Uh, it was more like uh, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, yeah. Ted. A lot of people thought Ted Bundy. They they pegged him as like America's sexiest serial killer. Mm-hmm. He's a good-looking guy. He's That's just gross. crazy. <laughs> If you mention Ted Bundy's name at a college in Florida, like you'll get beat up. Like you are not even allowed to talk about what he did Good. to those really co-eds cool. down there. Yeah. Can, I, can I go first? Yeah. yeah, please. I don't get it at all. Like I, I and I, I hate like after a big shooting, like they'll put the person's name in their picture and like, do not do that. 
I, yeah. I do not want to know their name. Why am I raising Nothing. my hand? <laughs> oh, yeah, you can talk. You're, you're free to... My one professor last semester, I took a criminology course, and she was talking about how we shouldn't do that, because a lot of these people, especially, um, like, the spree killers and stuff like that, for the most part, some of them are just trying to get their name out there. Yeah, they just want yeah, to they, like, get off yeah. on it, knowing so that everyone her, her thing it. is, if something like this happens, that you should not put their yeah. name in the press, because it'll prevent people like that from doing it in the That's future. That's what they want. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, give it to them. <laughs> want to be famous yeah and then and then i don't know how i got down this rabbit hole but i ended up <laughs> i ended up on a tumblr tag about <laughs> uh oh, that's all. you've already made a terrible it started on reddit that's all that's, oh, that's I mean, all that's i remember what <laughs> about the uh the, <laughs> the recent shooter in florida <laughs> whose name will not be mentioned on this podcast and yeah, yeah thank you man i didn't even think about that and there's all the uh, trash man. Can we call him the trash man? Yeah, trash man. Yeah, he is trash. And and there's all these like teenage Tumblr girls, like stereotypical. Like I'm, I'm not like most girls. Normal people are the worst. And they're they're all like, oh my god, he's so hot. Oh, I love that him. That's yeah. like everybody with the character from um, American Horror Story. Evan Peters character. Yeah. yeah. Everybody is obsessed with this guy, and his whole character arc is that he shot up his school. Yeah. Like, he was the school shooter. And, like, like he doesn't care. Like, I, there's no. Yeah. I get Evan Peters is a very attractive man. Like, you can say Evan you Peters can, is attractive. You, like, not the character. What well, was the character? I don't even remember. Kit, Tate. I think, right? No, Tate. 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 Kit was him in season two. It's confusing because he's in every season. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, but too many characters. <laughs> I don't like like. I feel like there's been a whole big movement in fashion where like being an outlier and being like very moody and like yeah. looking unstable is cool. Like normal people yeah. scare me. Yeah. yeah, is the cringiest thing I've ever seen. And now with this whole like walk up instead of walk out movement, like yeah. where like you just need to be nicer to the kids that are being bullied instead of like. You know, that, oh, well, but like, to everything that they I mean, I say. think it's gonna kill the whole cringy fashion thing because people what? are gonna start. I don't think anybody's gonna be nice to the people that are bullied. I think they're gonna see potential school shooters and avoid them and treat them. them. They're yeah, and like, like that sucks for kids who are like. I was never a goth kid. I listened to a lot of you know stereotypical goth music, and I still do. But like, I was never a goth kid in high school. But those kids who are just like just dressing differently just to really kind of explore explore themselves. I was a goth kid in middle school. Yeah, like, they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna... Even if they weren't already made fun of, they're gonna... I mean, look after Columbine. There was that whole Dateline 2020 about, like, avoiding goth kids and yeah. goth mm-hmm. culture. and Like, it's awful. And I just think that... I think it's gonna... I mean, I know... I Like, rule number one was not talking about politics... But we've kind of, I think this fits a little bit. Yeah. I just think that it's going to blow up in everybody's well, face. I think moving upon that, like, there's been a big movement, and, like, like kind of how you said in the beginning, like, fetishizing these, like, typically, like, villainous characters, and, like, people have done that ever since the whole big, like, creepypasta community grew, like, blew up on the internet. Mm-hmm. Then, like, there's, like, the whole story, right. story is a serial killer, and there's thousands of girls online that, like, make stories about how they're, like, in love with this character because. Yeah he's different and he would be understanding of them and I feel like that's a part of the like this culture to fetishize these killers that have done horrible things and don't care like they 
they're like they, people write these stories and all these things about how they're just misunderstood and it's like no they do not care yeah, like literally kill people i think it has to do with like the taboo aspect yeah. also because like you're not supposed to kill people you know it's a bad thing to do but yeah. they're just like oh my goodness he did the thing and they're just like i love this man he did the thing yeah. but i wonder how much of it is just the way our culture is producing like you know, in the 70s, you had all the kids who were becoming punk, you know, punk rockers mm-hmm. and just raging out against the system. And a lot of disenfranchised African Americans in the 90s, in the late yeah. 80s, started, like, very underground and above-ground hip-hop movements. I just wonder how much, like, today's generation, the way they're kind of lashing out is just these very... I mean, obviously not shooting schools, because you need to be some kind of some kind of deranged to do that. But this, like, this very kind of in-your-face weirdness about... About just like very they horrible are, like, people, and... yeah. I think there's this whole big movement too of trying to stand out, but not like the ethical ways. Like like you were saying, like with the pop punk scene, but like I think it's kind of going a little bit farther than that because like it's yeah, a little unethical. It's pr- it's promoting a society that's like not a society, but a group of people that it's scared. Like they're scary. Like these people are talking about Love like killing other people and, and right. Where hip hop can does that, but it was more of like a survival aspect yeah. of living in a very unsafe environment and having and now to do that. Kind of doing it just to by do it. by no means am I comparing Public Enemy's Fear of the Black Planet to Slender Man or <laughs> <laughs> or you know De La Soul's their first big album to Jeff the Killer, but I just feel like, I mean, a lot of music, like, a lot of metal is about murder and death and violence, and I mean, a lot of rap music also plays with those. Obviously, you know, I don't think music can influence a normal person to do anything, and, like, I don't think there's been studies linking violence in music to violence in real life, but, but, I mean, where, where do we draw the line between, like, how much is too much for just scary stories online that in a community that people are really into compared to like a community of music that also but sometimes... are they, they're not really sexualizing the violence though they they are though I don't the, 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 the Boston bomber who was caught was yeah. put on the cover of Rolling Stone yeah and that's that's sexualizing violence like to yeah the but he, I'm saying like compared to like heavy metal. Well, people still talk about Sid and Nancy, like Sid Vicious, or is that, was that his what name? Is that? Sid Vicious? Yeah. No, it was Sid Vicious, yeah. right? He was a he was a punk star. Was, he was he in the was Sex, Sex Pistols, Pistols yeah. and he killed his girlfriend and himself. I think he OD'd on heroin after he killed her, but people still like fetishize the crap out of him. The Sex Pistols are a very good band, but that doesn't you know it doesn't change what he did. I, I, I mean, it also fetishizes mental illness, I think, because... Yeah, yeah I feel like that's also a thing. You well, see it romanticizes it. Yeah, well, well go, it's not that they fetishize it. They do definitely romanticize right. it. Sorry, you can yeah. finish your thought yeah. and well, I'll continue. Well, I mean, there's there's kind of an awful movement of people wearing the wearing shirts that have Kurt Cobain's suicide note on it. There's yeah, a lot of terrible. the shirts that, like, like the I'm crazy and... Yeah. And oh yeah. God, can, you, can you imagine how angry Kurt Cobain would have been if he was alive with like them making money off his suicide? Yeah, he, he, he hated he hated people making money off him, and he hated interviews and awards and all that stuff in his real life. Oh man. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> that's just kind of going back to like the romanticizing mental illness and stuff like that i feel like it's a thing because one people are becoming more open about it themselves but at the same time there are like the neurotypical people who are just like oh my god you're crazy i'm crazy blah blah yeah. blah and they're yeah. just kind of like 
pushing it. And I, I think this this episode kind of shows, like, not a romantic, well, like, yeah, a romanticizing of mental illness, because he talks about the one French murder, and it's like, can't you see, even though he was this killer, he was such a soft-spoken man, all the yeah, stuff. Like, yeah. you can see the little, like, paper boy look in his eye. Yeah, yeah well, that's one of... The, the bookstore before he snapped and killed yeah. all those people. Yeah, and I, I think, and I think it's, like, circling back to people kind of having this fear and fascination with the unknown. Yeah. In a yeah. sense, like, um, I'm like doing a paper... Why they did what they did. And... Yeah, yeah, like, I'm doing a paper on Yuyoi Kasuma right now, and in the 60s, she produced, like, this, um, she produced this, like, kind of sculpture, and these, like, series of works where it's just, like, a bunch of phalluses, because she has, like, a fear of sex, and yeah. she put polka dots on them because, like, she represents herself in polka dots because she has this, like, um, she has an illness where she, um, hallucinates polka dots, like, everywhere, and she kind of, like, does it to put herself in kind of, like, the shoes of her, one of her greatest fears, so I think it's just kind of us wanting to understand but not understanding how to understand it. If that makes sense. No, yeah, for sure. And I think, um, like, I think these ideologies have been kind of present for a while. I mean, we see this in something from the 60s. I think something that's really changed, though, is just the access to it now. Like, you have inter the internet, yeah, and that's where you can connect with people so much faster in different like, ways. find a community. I was going to talk about really the, the Logan Paul thing, too. Like, mm. he, there's a notorious forest in Japan where pe a lot of people kill themselves. Suicide and he went... I mean, there was a lot of issues with his trip to Japan, but this was the one that got him a lot of flack. He went and he filmed, whatever, he's a vlogger, but, like, he filmed a dead body and was, like, making jokes about it, which, you know, is a natural response to trauma, I think, but is, the like... the fact that he's still uploading... Well, that, that's the issue. That's what makes him a creep and a loser, but, like, I think, out. you know, I think a natural response to trauma is comedy, which is a whole different, a whole different, uh discussion for another time but i think we i think we already have another generation of people who are going to be infatuated with kind of like this very dark violence and death ahead of us just thanks to you know thanks to him and other trends on the internet recently yeah because kids are just going to follow what they see yeah mm -hmm. but i don't i think the, the the main point we were trying to get at is that i don't think that's ever not been a thing mm -hmm. too so i just feel like it's progressed a lot more just because of like the way that yeah. technology just the access yeah. to it yeah yeah since mm -hmm. yeah, technology is progressing this infatuation is progressing because it's easier for them to find the stuff when they're younger and I think I, I'm going to be really interested in tracking like psychological papers in the next 20 years just about desensitivity to murder especially with the news too like so there was a problem oh, yeah, I got I really, was a dog, excited. really excited like watching 9-11 footage is probably the most horrifying thing I've ever done but like now anything under that like I can recognize as a, a sad thing but it doesn't affect me the same way yeah. we're numb to it like, we're numb or like when you hear the news like that there's been another school shooting. It You're just kind of yeah, like, like uh, yeah. again. I mean, like yeah. I just learned that there was another one in Florida yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. My my too. my reaction isn't like it. It's awful, but it's not even like oh, this happened again. It's how many this time. Yeah, mm -hmm. and yeah, like another thought too. for me, I'm not like it's more like oh god, is this gonna happen to me rather than actually like feeling feeling like bereavement for those who actually passed. It's, I mean, it's self-preservation at this point for a lot of people. 
Just I, I feel like I can't go an episode without telling everyone I'm a Jew. <laughs> I, I have a but like we we got we got the holocaust so beat into our heads between i went to hebrew school and just like between actual high school for me and like junior high school like it doesn't it doesn't even phase me and i know that might like offend a few people namely i'm sure my mother is not gonna love that and that might like really hurt and surprise other people but it's like just a number to me. It's like it's hard to really feel the gravity of how many people died. I think but too, that's, that's in part because like it's such a big number. Yeah, it's too much to even like even like sit about. down. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think our brains are programmed to handle that much death. Mm-hmm. It's too much. Like there's one city in the entire country that has as many people as died in the Holocaust. On to happier, <laughs> happier days are here again. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, another point I wanted to bring up, is this an appropriate amount of gore for TV? Did we like how much I gore there was? I There was a little blood. That was it. But, like, it was for the 1960s, do you think this was pushing the limits of what could be shown on TV? No. no. Really? They didn't show any wounds. They, they didn't they just show like them curled up on the floor and his hand was just like, oh, God. But well, for TV in the 1960s, I don't, I don't, like, notice a lot of blood. I don't... I'm trying to think of... I, I don't watch... A lot of movies. What was yeah, this? Yeah, was this early sixties or late sixties? This was early sixties. Because I was gonna bring up the, the thing of like Deliverance, because that was the seventies, and that was but... also a movie though. That wasn't a TV show. Oh, that's true. Well, think about think about the nineteen ninety. Has everyone seen the nineteen nineties miniseries of it, or seen like clips from oh, it? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Seen what? The nineteen ninety. <laughs> 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 but it's not gory either like a lot of the really? deaths are just shots like zooming in on on I don't, I don't uh, think you need to be gory to be scary though well do you think this episode did a good job being scary yeah especially for the time yeah I thought no, it, was it was fairly creepy. creepy I I was a little I was perturbed I think expecting... wax figures are cool but they're still very creepy yeah I think there was something life-like. very unsettling about yeah. their faces and like yeah. they it does a good job building tension because like how many time? How many other times somebody else walked past that knife that Jack the Ripper had after after Emily got stabbed or got close to the to the axe? Like it was, we never really knew when something was about yeah. to happen ex- until like the actual scene really happened. Like, mm-hmm. uh, this kind of transitions to the last point I have. Did like did the actors not being able to stay still make it creepier? No. Well. Because there was a few times where they clearly were moving because they had to, but, like, they were always kind of shaking. I thought that was, like... I thought they were all fine except for the French murderer because he was shaking so much, yeah. like, to the point I, you could just tell he was in pain because yeah. he was holding his arms up for yeah. long periods of time. You're going to mm-hmm. shake. You can't do that. But, like, at the end when they zoom in on Martin, like you could see him breathing, but it was kind yeah. of terrifying <laughs> to think, you know? He must have been shredded. Yeah. <laughs> that, really, that definitely hurt. Yeah, it, it, it didn't make it creepier because I knew they were shaking because they were just standing there so long. Like, I, it wasn't it wasn't intentional. I so think like, once you see them move, if, like, the back of your mind, it's just kind of like, oh, they're just an actor. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it you was... kind of don't have that sense of fear and like creepiness as you do towards the beginning of the yeah. episode when you see them because yeah, they look more waxy the big scare at the end could have been really terrifying i thought that was but, terrifying but i, I thought were... it was spooky because their movements were very unnatural yeah, and, and then they just like fall over yeah yeah he reminds me the french guy reminds me of uh 
Willie from The Simpsons. <laughs> he reminds me of Rasputin. Every single time yeah. he would show I just thought of like the Rasputin love song. Love Rasputin, lover of the Russian queen. Yeah. They make it they make it look a lot like the uh, the Disney animatronics. Yeah, yeah they do. That's a very really good point. Oh, and they do a good job of that having actual actors do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it looks great. They just did the robot. And the movement of when he did the like fake knife knife trick to scare the audience, that was really like like it looked very yeah, electronic. It looked very fluid. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't fluid enough to be human. Yes. That was a I little like dirty. Yeah. 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 They did I I just through my brief reading before we started, they didn't use any animatronics, so I, I don't think they had the technology yeah, no. to do that back no. then. Like Walt Disney barely even had the technology yeah. to do that. I don't think Disney World was not open at the time. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those animatronics would just be like on a like a pivot. It wasn't like a how we have them today that they more they can well, move everything. Yeah, they're so advanced today. Well, like did you see? Did you see the those. animatronics they're putting in the new Avatar part of Disney World? Or no. yeah. Oh yeah, no, I have. I thought you meant the, the last Airbender, not the blue. No, people. the blue people. It's the blue people Avatar. Um, <laughs> they the look just like avatar. the movies. They look just like the movies, and the animatronics move so fluidly. It looks like you're just watching a movie, but they're actual like yeah. the figures robots. and the I robots. Like it. As, I don't like it. Well, so, it's really pretty. So though. the Steve Lamb story for this week is he's he's an ingenious ingenious theory about robots taking over <laughs> robots are going to steal all the jobs from humans so that the wealthy get wealthy and the poor get poor and then we'll have a class war and then the robots will just sweep up so steve lamb thank you for that counterpoint yes we do not make them waterproof and rain <sighs> that's true they could make themselves like how would yeah. they survive outside right they now would make them, they would go inside <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, man. It's, it's hard to think that they would just wait. <laughs> yeah. Just stand outside staring. Someone just has a hose over top of the doorway. <laughs> yeah, Done. Just do the bucket party. That'd be yeah. so fun because you could have like water gun fights. <laughs> you have like the cool like it's Nerf or nothing water guns. Nerf nuke. Splash. <laughs> we talked a lot about big people stuff today. So it's time to get to some little people stuff. And the first of that is stopping over to our friend, encyclopedia, and wrestling god, Mr. Almost Birthday. How old are you turning by the time this episode comes out? 27. Happy 20th birthday? Is it your 21st? No, 20th. You could have bought us booze. (laughs) There will be. All right. Disclaimer for for the the listeners: We do not partake in yeah, no, we don't. Activities. We don't. I mean, we, we don't drink. drink. We're a bunch of nerds. Well, I don't have time the to only drink. Thing we drink <laughs> is water. I stay hydrated. Hydrate or dehydrate, baby. Woo! Okay. Two likes and I will literally drink this. <laughs> Two downloads and we'll drink water. <laughs> Two downloads and we'll literally drink. Water. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Drinking water. Our friend, uh, uh, friend, what's the second one? Cool guy and wrestling encyclopedia. Yeah. Corey Arnold. Alright, so I don't really have a funny uh, thing this week. Uh, <laughs> what is your wrestling connection? Chris Benoit. Oh, oh no! <laughs> so, much like Chris Benoit, he has been immortalized in uh, infamy. Vince, if you're listening, uh, you might want to turn this off. <laughs> change the channel! Change the channel! So, the guy whose name I can't remember killed three people and then presumably oh oh oh, guy (laughs) yeah and then killed three people and then presumably himself much like Chris Benoit so (laughs) we should disclaimer if you have like kids around 
skip like a minute, minute and a half. He uh, killed his wife and his kids like a day or two later or something. Mm-hmm. One then, kid. One kid's wrestling. I thought he killed two kids. No, no, no. He no, killed... he only killed the one kid. Well, he only killed one kid because the other kid's well, wrestling right. and apparently looks just like Chris Benoit. Well, well, which is... so anyway. He then hung himself well, he killed... on like one of his like weight machines. Yeah. Not... That's pretty gross. Yeah, it's, it's bad news, Bears. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, wrestling infamy. Last podcast on left also did Chris Benoit. Very tragic story. Yeah. Uh, they opened, they did an autopsy, and his brain was like the brain of a 90 year old. He had very early onset oh, dementia yeah. from all the unprotected chair shots. Oh Clearly, it was still his fault, but there was a lot of issues with steroids, with his dementia, and his was very traumatized by the passing of his friend Eddie Guerrero uh, about a year earlier. Two, a year and a half earlier he was struggling with depression and that we're not excusing him he's still a monster for what he did but uh he you know he was a very he was a very damaged individual and uh he's damaged goods he was very good he was one of the best wrestlers of all time and it's sad that he it's sad that he ruined his legacy like that he could have just taken his own life and then he would have he would still be probably oh, remembered oh, yeah. as one of the greats. Oh yeah, he would have been. Like that would have been a sad story. It's it's uh, it's a shame. Take other people down with him. It's a shame, and he's a. Well, I thought we were gonna get some mindless fun, but we just got more sad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sad episode. It's fine. Jamie, you won our guess that twist last week, so you have <laughs> the honor to do the oof, oof moment of the week. Okay, um, it's another tough one, but um. I'm going to have to say the oof moment of the week is um, when the wax figures are going to attack Martin. Um, You can kind of see Jack the Ripper kind of like (laughs) stammer down. (laughs) That was a very slow oof, but (laughs) nonetheless. An oof indeed. And that was our oof moment of the week. Best luck to everybody when we get to that name that twist for the rights to best luck except for Corey because he's, he's for some reason he just keeps losing. One day, one day we're gonna trick you and like we're gonna start the episode and it's actually just gonna be the wrestling thing. You can be like, oh. <laughs> uh, so in the second half of our general thoughts discussion, we like to talk about uh, the actual quality of the episode. I'll get the ball rolling. I thought this was a very good episode yes. for season I, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little slow to start, but it got good. Yeah. After they, his wife died, it was fine. <laughs> they definitely padded out the hour, but it was it flew by for me. I thought it was very not noticeable that they needed that extra time. Mm-hmm. I think some of their monologues were a little long, but it was just because of the hour thing, and mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. completely acceptable, and it's not like, it wasn't the same monologues over and over again. Like, it was something different each time. Yeah. Which yeah. was refreshing for season four. The first, like, 15 minutes, like, I was Ooh. on my phone the whole time. Like, uh, until he started arguing with his wife, I, <laughs> I did not yeah. care at all. But then after that, it got better. I thought they had some technical difficulties, though. Well, they had a few goofs here and there. Yeah. Namely with the actors. But it's just hard to do that. But that really wasn't their fault, though. They had to stand still for some And he had to lift his hands up, which you even do that with nothing in your hands. I could excuse it. I thought it was still pretty cool. Yeah, acceptable. It's a lot better than I remember when I watched it over the summer. I recall hating this episode. That's why I picked it, to... Get it out of the way. But little did I know, I picked a decent season four one we'd all enjoy. 
It reminds me a lot. It, it was shot really well, too, and, like, the gore was, I think, done well. Tasteful. Like, yeah, it was tasteful, especially for the time, but, like, I don't know, like, it was, it was scary. Like, it was creepy. It was, like, the whole, his character, he did a very good job acting, I think. It's time for... Bios and Trivia! This episode was directed <laughs> by John Brom. This is one of 12 Twilight Zones we'll be wow. seeing from him. Quick, quick, somebody do one, 12 divided by 156. 12 divided by 156 is a what? big number. It's a small number. It's a small number. It's a small number. 156 divided by it's 12 like is 13. It's no, it's like 8%. I just said it's 13. It it's 8%. Wait, wait, no, no, no. It'd be 12 It'd be twelve out of 156. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I did Times 100. It's, like 7%. It's, seven, it's about 8%. He directed yes. roughly 8%. around 8% of the Twilight Zone episodes. Ah. So we will be back seeing him. That's like uh, the percent of classes I, I showed up to last semester. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll actually be seeing him shortly again, but so far, thumbs up for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. thumbs up. Is this the last one he did? No. This is one of the better ones, though, because he's done some real bad ones. Oof. Uh, written, written by Charles Beaumont, although the actual writer was his ghost writer, Jerry Soule. Charles Beaumont was suffering from Alzheimer's at this point and could barely even really handle life it's a very sad story but he was drunk all the time trying to forget about his illness and beyond that uh, he could barely do anything but Jerry Soule got paid big bucks degenerative brain disease and he's trying to forget about it it's making him forget about everything else he he died very young he was 30 he was like 38 and had the body of a 90 year old it's very sad Makes me fear. Martin my future. Balsam played Martin. What are the chances of that? Martin played Martin. Very high, because he's a good actor. <laughs> he was in two Twilight Zones. We have yet to see him in his second. It's a season one episode called The 16 Millimeter Shrine about a aging. I think it's the only episode directed by a woman. But uh, it's directed by no, 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 no. The woman who would go on to later direct the only Twilight, the only female directed Twilight. Zone episode was in it. It's about a shrinking old movie star who uh, she can't she can't handle her loss of fame. It's a decent one. Sounds like that movie with the two actresses that hit each other. Black Swan. No, no. Oh, oh modern. No. Uh, it was uh, on like FX. It was on FX. It was. It was from. Um, that no, but the movie that they starred in. God, what is it? It's um. Mm. It's from like the sixties. I found out what movie it was. It's Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, starring Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, who hated each other. Okay, back back to Bios and Trivia. <laughs> Martin Balsam as Martin. He has passed away. He's in one of two Twilight Zones, and also in Psycho and Twelve Angry Men. So what another, did you do in Psycho? Uh, one of the therapists or doctors that goes to see, what's his name? Like at the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then he was also in Twelve Angry Men as juror number two. Is that an, that's another connection? Yeah. Or is it? A, is this the same guy from a previous episode? No, different different okay. guy in a lot of different stuff. Because I definitely asked that Psycho question before. Yeah, we've had a few people in Psycho and the following sequels. Unfortunate sequels. Will Kaluva as Ernest. He has passed away. Uh, he was the. He was the boss he was in two twilight zones uh a 
This is one of two. We have not seen his second yet. Uh, Margaret as Emma. I don't know why I didn't write her last name. <laughs> She's dead, though. Margaret. She was a nothing. Trivia. This was a trivia light episode. Nothing on IMDb. From Mark Scott Zickery's The Twilight Zone Companion. Beaumont had a pretty bad dementia at this point, so he, as we mentioned before, he had a Ghost Raider. And from Martin Graham's Jr., unlocking the door to a television classic. Uh, they used a real wax museum as a set, and the music was from an episode of Gunsmoke, a famous western. Pew, pew. Oh. I've heard of that. One of the most famous westerns. It plays a time. lot on uh, television, like on TV Land. Mm hmm. On to my favorite segment. What ripped this off? Steam jams. Madame Tussauds. I don't know. Start listing wax museums. House of Wax. All of the wax museums that I mean, essentially, that's about people that kill people. Well, when did the first House of Wax come out? In the early 2000s. I thought there was like one in the 50s. Let's find out. Encyclopedia Tabitha. I just remember just I watched House of Wax. the 2000s. There was a 2000s one. Which so this could have really ripped bad. off House of Wax. Or House of Wax ripped this off. House yeah. of Wax ripped off itself. That could be true. There, I think there was an old one. Whoa. Do that. House Whoa. of Wax, 1953. Hey, so Whoa. this ripped off House of Wax. Uh, anything else? Um, um, a Black Mirror episode, Black Museum. Yeah, it makes me do that. That was a really yeah. good episode. Because this is kind of like about diabolical things going down at your museum. I just saw that last week. It's a good episode. Yeah, the, she was in Black Panther, too. Anybody else uh, have any connections before we move on? Steamed hams. That's not steamed hams. No, the one scene reminds me of steamed hams. All right, listen, so hear sentence. me out. First episode of the Doctor Who reboot with okay. the mannequins. <gasps> yes! I agree. They did attack. They, they, and they, they did they not move naturally. And then, yeah, you're right. I'm not like that And then Mickey turned into a trash can. It was really <laughs> good. <laughs> character. I mean, Doctor Who, yeah, for sure. But what did, when did Doctor Who start? A very long time. But that one, that, what, uh, that episode would have been was... 2005. Yeah. Aren't they recurring villains, though? The, like, mannequins? No. The Daleks. I the mean. Daleks are, and yeah. the Cybermen are, and that's yeah. about it. Oh, and the Weeping Angels. Yeah, but that that was early 2000s that they came Yeah, they, they Oh, there was Weeping Angels, but the reboot. Yeah. Let's move on to <laughs> ratings on IMDb. International Movie Database. Yup. Uh, <laughs> this has a rating of an 8.2, which Ooh. is very... It's in the higher side. Very nice. Very high. Not very high, but decently high. Top 50. This is number 40 out of 156. I thought you said it was 41. No, it's 40. And you said the wrong number. Okay. okay <laughs> so okay, this is very high. I am giving okay. this episode a... <laughs> I am giving this episode. <laughs> I am giving this episode. I am giving this episode. I'm waiting for everyone to shut your lips. What I learned in pony school today was do, do the Helen Keller and talk with your hips. Shush, girl. Shut your lips. What I learned. Wait, no, no, not what I learned. What I learned in this episode is that the real friendships are the ones you make along the way. I gave this episode a 8 out of 10. A8? A8 out of 10. And 8 out of 10. I 
really thought it was decently creepy, and for a season four, I thought it juked and jived very well. I was very entertained. Eight out of ten. We will go next to Connor. I give it a nine out of ten. Is that because I'm Jewish or because... Because I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. Okay. How dare you? Why are you giving it a no out of 10? <laughs> if I was German, I would, but I'm American, and a 9 means, like, number 9. <laughs> no. no! Ashley, what are you giving this? What did Connor have anything else to say about his uh, grade? Nope, he's done. Oh, I can do it. I can splice that in. It was I. It was, it was I. <laughs> no, I, I. The system is mostly arbitrary for me, but like. <laughs> it was pretty well, good. some fancy words in here. <laughs> I don't believe in the system. Ashley, what are you giving us? <laughs> I'm gonna give it an 8. It surprised me how good it was, but it was a little slow. But yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the majority and go with an 8. <laughs> I'm gonna start scoring these episodes on like, on like five different captions <laughs> out of 100. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> I'm gonna give it an eight too. It was the first um, episode that I've seen that like really did kind of like legitimately spook me. But I feel like um, some of the murders were a little like yeah, him. predictable. Tabitha. Yes, I give it a nine. I really liked it. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was decently spooky. It's pretty pretty good at keeping me engaged after the first like 10-15 minutes. And coming in with let me guess a three point eight. Seven and a half. Seven point five. It was slow at the beginning, and it was kind of slow for the rest. But it was entertaining for the rest. Like a slow you mean? It was like, slightly faster. <laughs> like over your shoulder, ready to run. Like a sniveling lady from a slow you That concludes ratings. I'll uh, I'll have that all that average. I'll figure out all the maths, quick maths later. It's time to guess the twist. Next week we are going to <coughs> season two, and we're watching an episode called "The Man in the Bottle." This one has two twists: Mister uh, and Queen. Mister <laughs> 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 and Mrs. Arthur Castle, gentle and infinitely patient people whose lives have been a hope chest with a rusty lock and a lost set of keys. But in just a moment, that hope chest will be opened, and an, impro- an improbable phantom will try to bedeck the drabness of these two people's failure-laden lives <laughs> with the gold and precious stones of fulfillment. Mr. and Mrs. Arthur Castle, Mr. and Mrs. Arthur Castle, standing on the outskirts and about to enter the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Jamie gets champion advantage, so she will be going last. It's like it's like monkey's ball. It's like the man. That's like they get their wishes, but but like there's a consequence. There's a yeah. There's a consequence to what happens, and and it gets super extreme. Like I want to be a powerful. I want to be the most powerful person of all time and turn into Hitler. So like something like that. Uh. You you did ex- describe the plot very well, but uh, that wasn't really a twist. Um. So you referenced like this chest that they had that wasn't working mm-hmm. because they had a faulty key. So I'm gonna assume that they can't have children, and that their their wish is gonna be that they can have a child, obviously. But then like weird things go on with the pregnancy, and 
I don't know what the twist would be with that, but like, yeah, that's... demon baby, something along those lines. <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> Connor's still first. That would have been a much more interesting episode than the one we got. Corey Arnold. Let's see if you can sweep this from under Connor's palpable, yummy feet. Okay, so I'm gonna ignore most of the things you said and focus on like two or three. So <laughs> okay. there is a Mister and Mrs. and they're fighting some. They're dealing with some kind of phantom. You said did you say phantom or something? Sure. There was yeah. There was a phantom. Okay, so the Mister and Mrs. is Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, and you said there's some kind of stone involved. <laughs> so the the phantom from their past is Kurt Angle. And the stone is the gold medal around his neck. And they happen to be clashing WrestleMania. So I predict we're just watching WrestleMania in a few weeks. Corey, you are not correct. correct. Whoa. Connor Whoa. is still in the running. Jamie, Sorry, can you sweep it under his feet and retain your championship for a record three weeks in a row? Four weeks. I guess maybe they can't use their second wish to wish for more. Oh, no, they can't wish make their... Frick. <laughs> I can talk. They can't use their third wish to make more wishes. The streak is over. Connor <laughs> <laughs> The moment of the week. All Back that. to its rightful owner. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's do a better. Let's do yeah. a better question. If you could meet any one person through history, who would it be? Does it have to be like a like a historic? You want us to pick like histor- Obviously, historical figures, right? Because sure, yeah. Okay. Or I mean, they could be alive right now, and you just have no shot of ever meeting them. I want to meet Mister Rogers, but like when I'm not five years old, like when I did meet Mister Rogers. You, you met Mister Rogers? Yes, I did. Wait, what? No, no, no. Seriously? Yeah, we were uh, we were in an airport waiting for my dad to fly back from Navy somewhere, and he was just casually sitting in the airport. Did, did you he... say hi and stuff? Yeah. We... Was it cool? I don't remember. That's why I want to meet him again. I mean, I've heard like he's a really nice guy. Oh, yeah. There was an Ask Reddit thread about him. Yeah, there was today. just an Ask Reddit thread about him, and everybody was writing in about how he was like the sweetest guy. But like, uh-huh. I don't, I don't remember a single thing about that experience, that sucks. and I really want to because. No, I can't. It couldn't have been. That was like 2000, 2001, so I, yeah. I couldn't have been older than three or four years old. Oh my goodness. Bob Ross, did you say? I want to meet Bob Ross. Like one paint class with Bob Ross? Oh, yeah, I think yes. I want to meet Bob Ross too. I'm going to be a fangirl, and I would like to meet Matt Healy. I want to have a beer I'm with kidding. Ric Flair. <laughs> Imagine the stories he has to tell. So nice of him to us. <laughs> that was cute. Um, I... what's, your, what's your joke answer, Corey? Yeah, what is your joke answer? Gravy. <laughs> gravy. You want to meet Gravy? I want to meet. I want to meet the rapper of our generation. Young Gravy. Young, young Gravy. gravy. <laughs> it was old Gravy. Uh, oh shoot! It doesn't matter anymore because it's Gravy season. Your Gravy's dad. Tess. <laughs> My name is also Hunter. Gravy. What season is it right now? Yes. <laughs> yes. I. I would like to meet my favorite director of all time, Wes Anderson, mm. master of such hit films like Rushmore, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Grand Budapest Hotel, Moonrise Kingdom, and the movie yet to be out, Isle of Dog, which is going to be a smash hit. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, seriously, it's supposed to be amazing. It's getting rave reviews. I saw they did a they they did a study with that movie. Um, in order to animate the dogs, they got all the animators to just hang out with dogs <gasps> with cameras on them, so the dogs recorded an animator immediately. <laughs> well, the, they would record the dogs moving, so then when they animated the dogs in the movie, they could. So they got paid do to it. play with them. Oh yeah. Well, with for dogs. Brother Bear, the movie. You remember the movie Brother Bear? I love yeah. Brother Bear. They had a cub, baby cub, Ooh. and they played with him to see how they moved. Guys, I love animals. Did you know that uh, Betty White used to be a bear wrangler back in the day? Oh, Betty she White. used to hang out with bears on sets. That's incredible. And, like take care of them. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Yeah, cool. I I love Wes Anderson and all his work, and I'd like to just talk to him anybody. about the craft. I can't choose who to meet. I have too many people. Me too, honestly. Well, I need to go into a depressive stupor because it stops snowing and it's looking like we'll probably have school tomorrow. Mm. And I hear the upper deck calling my name or any boys in agreement. I'm so sorry. So, I think we're going to go eat food. But, uh, yeah, that's the Rod Squad. We'll be back two weeks from now, methinks, with, um, with the man in the bottle. And then we'll probably have a few more episodes before the semester ends. But, you know, our big semester finale is going to be The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, which is one of the all-time greatest episodes. My first episode of The Twilight Zone I ever saw, and still my favorite. So, yeah, we'll, that's, a, that's a classic instant 10 for me. But we'll, mm-hmm. we'll check that out at the end of the semester. We'll see you guys in two weeks for The Man in the Bottle. Thank you.